Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Kobe and Kyle, the favorite one. And welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. Guys, we are just so excited to talk with you guys today because we're not talking about a specific subject. We're just checking in with you guys. This yeah, is, we're recapping. Well, not even recapping, you're right. We're checking in. Yeah, this is this is the um reparenting check-in. Um, because in all honesty, we are doing this alongside you guys. Um, my sister-in-law used to say to me, um, the only thing you need to lead someone else is to be one step in front of them. And we for sure are maybe a half step in front of you guys. Yeah, just a bare, tiny, tiny step in front of y'all. Yeah, yeah. And we have run into our own little things and um, part of my clinical work is I walk with people in my everyday practice to help them reparent themselves made me think like, man, there are a lot of like roadblocks to this. And I hope that what we're sharing is good enough for, that people are feeling seen. But I really hope that people aren't leaving this thinking like, oh, now you should be fixed because you have the the information you need. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's just like incredibly untrue. Yeah. Or like we talked about codependency and then three weeks later we talked about enmeshment. So, yeah. you know, I should be done with my codependency see, and move yeah. on to my enmeshment now. Literally, literally. And it's easy. To, we live in a world that kind of says that if you know better, do better. But that's yeah. not how life works, right? Not only is it an information thing, it's a hardwiring thing. We've built physical neurological pathways that make it automatic for us to act and engage and respond to people in specific ways. And those pathways are validated by years and years and years of repetitive actions. And so the really hard but honest truth is it's going to be years and years of repetitive actions in the opposite direction that's going to give us the healing that we're looking for. Um, so, Babe, you did that wrong. Why? That's where you pitch your your new book and tell people that if they read your book, it'll fix all their problems or something. Um, um, you missed your chance to be a smarmy salesman. That's right. I don't have a book just yet. <laughs> I don't have a book yet. All right. Well, y'all pre-order the book that don't exist yet. Okay. Oh my gosh! Thank you, babe. I love the way you gas me up. So, one thing that we've been talking about at home in our house. In our abode. <laughs> Just disgusting 83% of the time because of our children. Kids, woo, these kids. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Um, it's just how hard it is to be yourself in the midst of all this reparenting. Um, specifically because you don't really know what yourself is. Yeah. Like you're clearing all of this space and and trying to like 
detach yourself from so many things that when you do detach yourself from these things, it's hard to figure out like what what is me? Yeah. And I'm a therapist and I have all the information, not all of it, but I have a ton of information. And one thing I love to communicate to people, including my clients, is like me having all the information does not mean that I am any less responsible for doing the groundwork. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have all the information. I still have to have hard conversations. I still, and it's still really hard for me to do. Like the information doesn't, um, it gives me clarity. It doesn't give me courage. Like that's divine. Yeah. Say that again. Say it for the, for the people in the back. Oh my gosh. The information I have, it gives me clarity about what I should and should not be doing, um, what's helpful and unhelpful, but it does not give me the courage to actually do it. Um, and I have to, I have to do it. I have to actually do it. If I want, um, what we're doing in our lives, our, our ministry, whether we want to call it that or not to be something that is actually transforming to people. I can't leave from a place of talking. I got to leave from a place of doing. And even if I wasn't leading anyone, I I still got to do because that's what my imperative is from the Lord. Right. And I'm in my own life struggling with how to interact with the world as my fullest self, because people love to say, just be your authentic self. The truth is, they don't mean that because of all the stuff that we've talked about over the last eight weeks, most of us don't know what our authentic selves are. And if we're not careful, the world can shame us about that. Yeah. We're still figuring that out. We're still figuring out who the heck we are, figuring out how to, how to express that. So one thing that really stuck out to me, so I really struggle with anxiety. Kyle knows that um, mm-hmm. pretty well. I really struggle with anxiety and um, some residual religious trauma that has me ever questioning if what I'm doing is pleasing to God for fear that I'll experience rejection from God if I don't make the right decision. Right, which is mind blowing. God, the greatest gift He gives us is free will, the ability to make our own choices. And for me, the fear is that my what my gut desire is is wrong. Mm. Always, so I always find the path with the most resistance. I always do things in the most difficult way. (laughs) I uh, sorry, you Um, guys want to say? Air quality in here is horrible. Basically Beijing right now. I'm sorry, my bad. Go ahead. Not basically Beijing. I can't. Um, And I'm always anticipating that things are going to be really, really difficult. And if I want to do something, I always assume that it's the wrong thing to do. Right. And that's the the hard truth is that was uh, alongside my relationship with God and, and community. That was kind of the trauma that I came into in faith mm. was the context I was in was a context that was that had me ever questioning the validity of my desires. And um, now that leaves me in a place where it's really hard for me to experience persistent joy because I can never rest in my decisions. So a friend invited me to a writer's conference um, that was this past weekend. 
and I wanted to go. And <laughs> I was terrified to do it. Terrified, terrified to do it. I was like, no, it's going to cost too much money. I can't leave Kyle with the kids. And I'm like asking Kyle, like Kyle's the kind of person who needs me to ask him anything. I'm asking Kyle subconsciously hoping that he says, oh, babe, we just can't do it this time or something like that. Because I needed I needed there to be a tangible roadblock that reflected the internal roadblock I was feeling. Yeah. That reflected the internal resistance I was feeling. And I didn't want it to have to be an internal issue. I wanted it to be external. I wanted you to be like, oh, we can't do it, babe. We got to do this. We got to cover this this month. Um, but I was like, sure, go. I'll have the kids. No problem. Y'all. That's where the war started. <laughs> and I would like I sat in Starbucks like at like high key just like rocking back and forth. Like what is this that makes me feel so terrified to do what I want to do? Yeah. Like so incredibly viscerally afraid to do something that I want to do that is so simple. Right. And in that moment, I felt like a sense of embarrassment because I'm like, really, what's going on with you? In that moment, I'm feeling a sense of fear. I'm feeling like if there's one thing that trauma does to us, it creates a sense of terror within us. Oh, yeah. Like complete and utter terror. And and I had had been conditioned to believe and to experience terror regarding my own desires. You know, and so I was like. I'm going to do it. 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 And I like hype myself up. But there's one thing that like really stuck out that I wanted to share. It didn't feel good. And oftentimes we are taught that if something does not feel good or something does not come easy, it's a sign from God that we're doing the wrong thing. But sometimes that resistance is a reflection of the fact that it actually is divine work that we're doing. It's unseen work that we're doing it's spiritual labor that we're engaging in so i go to the conference and it was it was amazing god was there god was all up and through i made absolutely divine and amazing connections and it it in many ways could change my life and if i like i think back and i'm like what would have happened if i let that terror overcome me. What would have happened if I just didn't go? God would yeah. be good, and I'm sure God would make a way out of no way somewhere else. Yeah. But like, I got to experience that courage, one, comes from God. Courage is divine. Um, and two, I got to experience that doing the thing that is most me will not always feel good at first. And so for those of you who are like, I know that this codependency doesn't feel right and I want to break free. And then you break free and you feel utterly afraid. That is not a sign that you've done something wrong. Yeah. For those of you who are setting boundaries so that you can emancipate from your families um, mm. in a healthy way, when they flip out and get angry and say, what are you doing? You're so stupid. Why would you even do that? Why are you setting these boundaries? That is not a sign that you've done something wrong. Right. For those of you who are struggling to lean into sharing your emotions vulnerably, when someone responds with really, that, <laughs> that's what you're upset about. 
broke really? up. Really? All that crying over that? Uh, right, right. Or don't you I know? I thought you was talking about something serious. The don't way you, you were know? acting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't mm. you know that people have it so much worse? For those of you who experience that type of spiritual bypassing, like, know that people's responses is not a sign that you're doing something wrong because the enemy will lure us with convenience. He will mm. bait us with the mm-hmm. idea of safety. He will bait us with safety at the expense of our freedom. And many of us want to be in right standing with God, right? Yeah. We want, and this is really from a Christian perspective, like if there's anything I've learned, the enemy will use your desire for righteousness against you. He will make like God, like doing the right thing for God so burdening and so tiring Mm -hmm. that you won't even want to dream. And yet we get to see in Genesis is it two, just one is we get to see in no Genesis two. I'll let you know in a second. It's Genesis two. Um, we get to see in Genesis two that one of the first gifts that God gives mankind is creativity, is the ability to dream, is mm-hmm. the ability to imagine. Like that is one of our first divine gifts, and the enemy wants to take that away from us with like the idea of like, oh, you're gonna like this will keep you safe. Um, so just know, I know I'm talking a lot. Well, it's a podcast. It's what I'm supposed to do, I guess. But just know that God, God is not using whether something is easy or not to validate whether it's him or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This, um, the repenting has been, uh, difficult for me because there are things that we talk about. There are things within our relationship that um kobe has been you know tapping on my shoulder like hey you you ever notice you know you might oh god you ever think about you how... ever notice <laughs> is the worst sentence in the world goodness do not marry a therapist well it's it's got it's it's got its pros but the cons are just s- screaming um but that's okay okay <laughs> not you not realizing the freedom you get to walk in now um, I miss my chains. They're so comfortable. <laughs> and wait a dang minute, Kyle, because that's a word. That is no, really. How many of us? Oh, okay. Give me a second. Just I probably I know you were talking. Kobe's been black her whole life, and it's coming out right now. Go ahead. <laughs> give me just. She a can't second. help herself. She got to preach. My help is coming. Give me a second. <laughs> so our brains are lazy. This is not a character flaw. This is a biological reality. Our brain is going to take the path that is easiest. Our brain is going to take the path that is easiest. So think about every action, every word, every string of events that creates a situation. Um, think about like this, every every word, every syllable that creates a word and every word that creates a sentence. All of those together create what's called a neurological pathway. A neurological pathway can represent... Um, feelings, emotions, situations, core beliefs. It it represents um, something in your Mm -hmm. life, right? So example, for those of us who uh, drive home the same route every single day, if we're out driving, you have neurological pathways assigned to your way home. And that's why you can get home without noticing how you got home. That's how it's automatic. Mm -hmm. Your body has memorized the 
actions, memorize the settings, memorize the, you know, when to break, when to stop. Your body's memorize all of that. So you're on autopilot. So you're on autopilot. And guess what you get to do on autopilot? Not work. Autopilot requires very little labor, very little labor, right? So think of it. Think of that pathway, the neurological pathway of getting home that's been memorized year after year after year. Think of that as a eight-lane highway with no one on it but you. Easy, paved, smooth, cool, right? Mm -hmm. The moment we try to do something new, it's not like getting on a new road. It is like handing a shovel to our brain and saying, build a road. Yeah. That is why we feel physical resistance and physical frustration when we're learning new things. Hmm. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. It, it, because it's physical labor to your brain. It's li- your brain is literally digging up new roads, new neurological pathways. I wish I could show you guys this little clip. There's a clip that I have on my computer of neuro- neurological pathways being developed when someone learns something actual neurons in the brain it's really cool sounds creepy and they're like these little like long you guys know what dendrites are right they look like little alien proboscis arms but yes that's my maybe my fear and trauma right. look it up fine. No, <laughs> you're, you're right though they're like these like arms that are stretching for something they're stretching they're stretching they're stretching and then they stretch long enough to connect to something that already exists right mm. And that's how the new neurological pathway is created, right? It is so utterly uncomfortable that your body, your mind, and your soul are going to tell you that chains are better. And it's not a new story. We've seen that with the with the Israelites, mm-hmm. right? We've seen that with everybody. How many people have we, that's why, how many people have we seen go back to the very situations that hurt and harmed them just because it was familiar, just mm-hmm. because they knew it, right? That's that Harriet Tubman quote coming through. You what know, she, say? she She says that, I don't know if it's a hundred, a thousand, or just a lot of num a big number, um, but she says, I freed a lot of slaves and I could have freed a lot more if only they had known that they were slaves. Oh, yeah. And she's talking about the idea that she would go in and try and free people. And they'd be like, nah, bro, I'm I'm cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, they didn't yeah. want to be free. They yep. had become comfortable. And mm-hmm. and that's understandable. Yeah. Like the trauma that you experience, at some point, you almost kind of, you're like, you know what? I don't have any more to give. Yes. I've done enough. So I don't even want to shame the slaves that didn't, you know, yeah. go because they'd been through a lot. I can't. I can't fault that. Yeah. Um, and but that reality is in, in play. And the fear, the fear of walking into a world as a new person mm-hmm. and having to figure out what that looked like for people who have been weary. Like I tell my clients, exhaustion is physical, like weariness is spiritual. For mm. people who have grown weary, they probably don't feel like they have the energy to to engage in creativity, the energy to think up something new, right? And I say all that to say, when you start to make these changes, you're going to to experience a sense of weariness. Not only is it going to be work to resist what you've always known, it's also going to be work to try and dream up what should be. Mm. And 
most of our trauma has blocked our ability to dream. So most of us are, it's like the desert. Most of us are exiting Egypt, but we have no clue how to get into the promised land. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not supposed to be enmeshed with you. I know I'm not supposed to be connected to you. I know I'm supposed to feel deeply, but I don't know how to do that well. But now that I know I'm not supposed to be enmeshed, I don't know how to have a healthy connection. Now that I know that I'm not supposed to be codependent, I don't know how to be interdependent, dependent in a healthy way. Now that I feel deeply, I don't know how to feel deeply and express some sense of emotional regulation. Yeah. Oh, man, can we shut these tears off? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that, that right there, that middle ground is what life is. It's a really inconvenient truth. People don't like that, but that's life. That is life. And and the closer we get to the promise that God has for us, like that is healing. The journey towards the truest self that existed before our trauma, before our abuse, before our enmeshment, before our emotional constriction, before someone told us that how we were was not good, every single step of the way is healing. Notice, it's not a journey towards healing. The steps are healing. I don't like it. The the steps are being healed. The journey is being healed. Like, you taking the journey towards to back to yourself, back to who you've always been but never known, that is what being healed is. Being healed is being committed to step in the right direction. Even if it means sometimes you have to stop and breathe. Even if it means sometimes you turn back and be like, dang, I wish I could go back and make them bricks. Even if it means <laughs> you, you store mana when you shouldn't. Yeah. That holistic commitment to say, I am pressing forward. Because I know even when I long for what was back there, I know that's not what represents who God's created me to be. Yeah. But it takes a long time. And I'll say this, like using the desert as like the metaphor, that middle space of I'm coming out of this, but I'm not sure what I'm walking into is where a lot of us experience depression. Because we are really motivated and we want really quick turnover and we want really fast um, results. And for many of us, in God's grace, he takes a while to let us see that uh, it's going to, to let us see that it's going to be a couple of, a couple of years or decades. And we're thinking, well, I know all the information. Why can't I just do it? That's not my portion. God got an easy button for me. Just like Staples is coming. Is in the mail. Okay. I believe it. I believe it for you. (laughs) You does not, but does that make sense like we're like i have all the information i know what direction to go why aren't i getting there quicker because you do not have the ability to do that you don't realize that in your trauma so many things have atrophied like someone who's sitting in a wheelchair and doesn't have the opportunity to like move their legs and get up and like build those muscles we're trying to run towards the promise when we've been sitting in a chair for 28 years like we have to learn how to stand first. We have to learn how to build muscle for the emotion, these emotional muscles, these spiritual muscles that'll help us along the journey. Mm-hmm. We have to like, there's a rehabilitation that comes before moving forward, right? And lots of us don't want, we want to skip the rehabilitation because just because the brain knows how to walk does not mean the brain, the brain can tell the body how to do it. Well, and it also, 
it can feel like the world won't the world doesn't care you know like very it didn't, true. It didn't care that you're on a, a 15 year journey like you got to produce now yeah so it can it can feel like really debilitating to be yeah. in this middle ground where you've uprooted all the, you've uprooted all the roads uh-huh. but like you got to get to work on time mm-hmm. you don't have time to be shoveling like mm-hmm. sally may called she wants her check mm-hmm. um that's real, Kyle. And, and that real. that tension is really hard because then you have to be committed to healing for its own sake, which I'm not really, you know, that's a, <clears throat> in the words of scripture, that's a hard teaching for me. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still trying to become committed to healing for its own sake or not even for its own sake, for my own sake. Yeah. Because I care much more about things than I do myself. So for my own sake, for the idea that something is, something was, was stolen from me the um, real identity was was stolen from me and I owe it to myself to reclaim that. And yet I'm like, oh, it's not really productive. You know, mm, like it's yeah, not really great use of my time. Well, I think what we're seeing um, societally is the more people who are going to therapy, the more people are rejecting the idea of society's standards. Hmm. Because the reality is, you can't fully ascribe to the standards of the world while trying to heal. You can't fully ascribe to capitalism while trying to heal. You can't. You cannot do it. Like and and Kyle, you've you've seen real time with my business. Mm-hmm. I used to I used to get on Instagram and teach. I used to get on there and teach three or four times a week, right? Because I was like, I need to grow my audience. I need to share with people. I want to teach people. I want to educate people. And then life hit. And I struggled so much with depression, with trying to figure out the transition with the kids, with trying to figure out how to onboard an assistant, with figuring out what do I even want this organization to be? Am I? Because the reality is we're doing this for free. We're mm-hmm. doing this because we feel called to do it. Not unless you don't want us to do it for free, y'all. Someone out there got a check and they oh said, gosh. oh, for free? I had no idea. Yeah, so <clears throat> if you would like to change that, uh, we'll put my cash app in the show notes. In the oh my name gosh! Of Jesus. And uh, one, we will we won't refuse the grace of God, so we will take your money. But um, you know, there have been a lot of, and I want to be transparent because I know there are a lot of people out here alongside me, not even like I'm ahead of them, literally in this moment, who are serving because they are called to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. N- it's not even that I'm doing this because I'm trying being obedient to God. I am doing this because I would be less of myself if I stopped. Hmm. And I'm committed fiercely to being my authentic God-given self. I am committed to seeing a piece of the woman that God breathed in my mother's womb come to fruition here on this earth. I am committed to that. And sometimes that means I have to cancel sessions with my clients so that I can rest and I lose out on money. Sometimes that means that when I'm really tired and I just want to watch some Gordon Ramsay thing on TV with you. Isn't he great? (laughs) When he doesn't scream at people, yes. Um, We sit here and pull up and, and do a podcast right? Mm-hmm. We're doing this because we're trying, because this is our healing, right? You told me before, all of life is devotion. All of life is healing too. When we're walking in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know, and I just want to encourage whoever is out there who feels lonely, you can't do this alone. You cannot do this alone. 
you will like and I say this in the most like kind way like you will lose yourself if you try to do this alone because God has created other people to see especially you and to see the things that he has created in you and call those things out. If I did not have those people, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Like you need other people who who are one step ahead of you. You need other people to lean on. And I was just talking to um, my sister about this, that sometimes we have these like deep burdens and these deep like like things we're carrying alone. And we're like, oh God, I need a friend. I need a friend. And then we go out to eat with somebody or go hang out with somebody and we don't share the thing, right? We don't share the thing when we could because if we did, it would, you know, put us at their mercy. Yeah. It would make us vulnerable to them. But that's how you make deep and abiding relationships. You put yourself at the mercy of other people Mm -hmm. with the hope, (laughs) the mere hope that they will love you and and be kind in response. And that's how we mirror Jesus because Jesus died that we might have everlasting life. Not that we will. He he had the gift present in the hope that we will accept it. And we share vulnerably with other people in the hope that they will receive it and that they will reciprocate it. And so find your people and be a people for other people to find. Because I'll tell you what, it's a lonely journey, even in marriage. Big facts. Shout out to uh, uh, the Hoovers, you know, especially yeah. Kingston. That's my homie. I cannot. Kingston for president. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, yeah, I I think um, this, uh, this reparenting um, season has been really, really great. And and really challenging because when we talk about reparenting, just like we've already established from the beginning, like you're by necessity, you're talking about foundational things. Yeah. You're not talking about ornaments on the tree. You're talking about the tree itself. Yeah. You're lopping off things that have that you were holding things up with. There are whole sections of your life and the way that you relate that are propped up by some of these things that we're now pulling out. Um, and trying to uproot. And I think even like for myself, what's been really scary, wonderful, ridiculous, embarrassing, amazing, all the things um, has been as I've moved forward in reparenting, like trying to create some vision for my life, like yeah. like you discussed. It's like exciting, but also like, whoa. Yeah, I never really wanted to be anything other than my dad and slash or Denzel Washington. Either one seemed like it would be a phenomenal thing to be. Um, And there's nothing wrong with those wonderful men. Uh, They're the best of us. Um, But at the same time, it's not me. Mm. And there's nothing wrong. It's not an indictment on my dad that I, I can't. Like, I have to step away from saying, oh, I just want to be like that when I grow up. Yeah. It's it's an affirmation of myself. It's like, no, like, am I, and to be clear, my dad doesn't want me to be him either. We've had this conversation. He's like, bro, you're already better than me. Why would you want to take a step back? And I'm like, what? Leave me alone. You don't know what you're talking about. I just want to be like you. 
but that's been a crutch. You know, mm. I've it's been a safe, easy way to conceptualize what my future would look like um, without having to dream, having to do the scary, vulnerable yeah. aspect of like figuring out, okay, well, what do you want? Yeah. What does it look like to be a father and a husband and a businessman and a, a leader and all these different things? Like, what does that look like? And, um, and I know I'm not the only one, but like this, um, this journey has been really um, cathartic. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and difficult and divine. There are moments in the best and worst ways. Mm. Like there are moments where you realize I fit. There's nothing physically stopping me from doing this, and yet I can't. Yeah, and literally can't. Like a mm -hmm. just like you said, like a physical weight. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've even I've had to be like really gracious with myself and be like, you know what. Mm. I'm gonna let myself just be today. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not oh, doing any beautiful. soul work today. I love that, Kyle. Like, yeah, I'm not waking up at 4:30 to spend time with God so we can dig up some some more stuff and move forward. I'm still gonna wake up because I want to spend time um, and grow in intimacy. But I'm just gonna let myself be loved mm. this morning, whatever that looks like. Um, which is new for me because I'm not really into the, all that lovey-dovey stuff. <laughs> wow, that's just like that just brought up a tear. That that's beautiful, Kyle. Like it really is, and I think what you're talking about is is resisting the desire to move from one form of slavery to another. Yeah, because then we can be enslaved to rushing in mm, our healing, enslaved being to enslaved hurt. to doing the work. Yeah, Gotta it, do the work today. It, yep, mm -hmm. being slave to trying to like fight towards perfection or authenticity every single day, but part of the work is realizing that we are loved as we are, and not as we should be. In the words of Brennan Manning. Yeah. Mm. So, you guys, thank you so much for chatting with us for hearing me ramble and process with Kyle. Man, those are really beautiful words, Kyle. I love that. Um, I'm going to pray for you guys. Yeah. No, we're anti-prayer here. Mm. Jesus, thank you for every single person who is listening right now. Thank you, God, that you're not meeting their slow and inconsistent change with anger or frustration or annoyance. Thank you, God, that you're not meeting it with uh, punishment. You're not meeting it with harsh words. You're meeting it with your relentless tenderness. You're meeting it with, it's okay if you're tired today. You're meeting it with, I'm proud of you for speaking up, even if the world says that's small. God, you see our wounds in their truest form, not through the lens of the people around us, but through the lens of how greatly we're grieved by them. And you are just as grieved, if not more. God, as we work towards seeing you in our lives and as we walk in the path of authenticity towards you and who you say we are, God, would we experience your gentleness. Let every single person have a tangible reference for how kind you are, 
for how merciful you are for the person who is terrified to not do the salvation prayer before they go to sleep because they're scared something's going to happen. God, give them Mm. rest. For the person who is afraid to miss a Bible study because they feel like you're going to judge them or be angry at them, God, give them rest. For the person who is scared to sit down from serving even though they're exhausted and weary, God, give them rest. Let them see that you have created rest for them. And when they abide in you, when they seek your face, By being their authentic selves, God, would they see that being their authentic selves is worship to you? When they do that, not only do they please you, but they find pleasure in their own lives. We thank you, God, for your love and your mercy. And we bless you for being good to us. Amen. Amen. Until the circle comes back around. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked our conversation, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible. Visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops, yearly retreats, Oasis is bomb, and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.